Hello, listeners. Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines. Today, an HIV pill with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. Who knew? HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, no worries. Your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Okay, podcast starts now. Whew. Wow. Hello, all, and welcome to Stradio Lab. Um, we're back. We're back. The- I, we, we haven't decided if this is going to be our first episode to be released, but we do want the listeners to know this is the first time we're recording. Oh, my God. We can't let them in like this. No, I, we have I- to. <laughs> we owe it to them. We owe it to them, to be honest and transparent. This is our first time recording, but potentially we might release a second. Yeah, which- or never. depending on if the tech goes correctly and honestly based on the last 15 minutes there is a high chance that the tech does not go correctly oh my god i mean after our guest so many times you're gonna open with dragging him did i blame him at all i i had collective responsibility it was all of us making a mistake i didn't mention our guest's name i didn't mention who had tech. we haven't even decided if we're gonna bring him in let alone if he's going to be the guest today. He's I mean, on we standby. Have... <laughs> in, this might just be in one of our extra Patreon episodes that's just the two of us, but we want it just in case like we decide to release it. We wanted to have a guest on standby. <laughs> yeah, and we actually have two. Um, it's, uh, you know, um, and one of which, you know, you might know from a little show called Billy on the Street. That's right. Um, and we're sort it's of- Julianne Moore. 
Oh my God, Sam, you completely froze. And decide, Sam, you froze <laughs> completely for like a full 30 seconds. This sucks. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Oh my God. Did you catch my iconic joke where you said you might know our guest from Billy on the Street and I said it was Julianne Moore? You, I laughed so hard. Did you? Oh, that's why I you froze. Really hard. <laughs> I see. The momentum's I mean gone. About- should we just, <laughs> should we just call it a day? No. We have a waiting room full of guests is what we're saying. Yeah. Some of the brightest minds of business are the, here in the waiting room of our Zoom today. Some of the some of the biggest business people. I mean, the people we have in our waiting room collectively have raised over $5 billion in seed funding for various <laughs> ventures. COOs, CFOs, CEOs. We've Only some of them all. are in the entertainment industry. Many of them are in real estate, um, banking, finance. And even the ones that are in the entertainment industry define themselves more by their business savvy than their work. Right, right. Which um, I always have found I, I can relate to so hard. To me, being in finance is more artistic than being an actor <laughs> or a painter. I think being a painter is one of the most unartistic things you can do. Well, it's, it's one literally... of the most straightforward things you can do. You're putting paint on a canvas. Whereas if yeah. you're in finance, you are <laughs> like the creativity involved in literally like creating money out of nowhere, then using it incorrectly and suddenly an entire country is in recession. Like, yeah. The, the cast of characters you have to assemble, mm-hmm. the ego involved. I mean, it puts someone like, you know, who, who's kind of known as being a volatile actor, Kevin Spacey. It puts someone like that really, um, you know, it's like that, that's child's play. I mean. <laughs> well, that's some um, rough wording. Um, yeah, I just have to agree, I think. Um, and what's great about people in finance is that they're really humble. You know, I talk to these artist types and sort of like, oh, I was sort of thinking about all these themes and, you know, I was thinking of exploring this and this and that. And it's like, just tell me the numbers. What's it going for? Right. How much is this selling for? Right. Well, what I will say about the art world is that it is part of finance and that it is a money laundering scheme. Sure. So in that to, sense, yeah. artists can, like painters can be artists in the sense that they are literally <laughs> selling their works to Israeli arms dealers who want to launder their money. Yeah. I've, you know, I just want to know how you get in that circuit. You know, I'm definitely trying to break into sort of selling something to some sort of Israeli arms dealer. Yeah. Because I'm trying to buy coffee tables and they're right. quite pricey. Well, you have to, you were telling me in our previous, in our intro episode the other day that you had to drive all the way to New Jersey to get a vintage coffee table. If That's you were true. investing with some arms dealers, I feel like the table could be sent to you. <laughs> I could have spent the $150 on shipping. At the very least. I think, and we, we've touched upon this in the past, but I do think the investor model needs to be applied to comedy and entertainment more. How do you mean? People should be paying me. Oh, that would be iconic. And I don't mean like micropayments through Patreon. I mean, like, I should have investors that are, I mean, international that have like a a diversified portfolio. On the one hand, they have me. On the other hand, they have, you know, Randy Rainbow or someone (laughs) with like a slightly different sensibility. Sure, sure. I've, you know, I've always wanted, I've have had a fantasy of just being a sugar baby. I felt like that would be like really a beautiful life. Yeah. Um, I think I've potentially aged out of it, which is unfortunate. Um, 
you can't go back. You can't go back. If you're listening and you're in your early 20s, remember, you can't go back. Be a sugar baby today. Yeah, I would say turn off this podcast and try really hard to be a sugar baby because the time will run out. (laughs) And you think it won't. You're sitting there in your tight little 24-year-old ass and you're thinking, oh, no one's, everyone's always going to want to pay me for sex. Yeah, your asshole is slammed shut, barely (laughs) able to be entered and you're thinking yeah i guess i'll just sit here and watch nine perfect strangers starting cold kidman no you have no. to go out there get a, a father figure who wants to pay you mm-hmm. for company and sex today i wonder like does it feel i feel like we are both and in fact all of us even our guests that we may or may not bring in we are both at the age of not being able to be either a son or a daddy <laughs> i've Thank you for speaking to this. Yeah. I feel this way in such a big way. I feel like I feel stupid when I like try to get into the son role. Yes. And I simply can't own the dad role. I I don't I'm I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. You get it. it. It's confusing. But I I do feel don't get me wrong, I feel mm-hmm. elderly when I talk to a 24-year-old. But Yeah, it can be crushing. But I don't feel fatherly. Right. I feel ancient. Yeah, well, the relativity of it all. I mean, the other day, so I, often I will see people that are like 26 talking about how they feel old about like mm-hmm. Gen Z people on TikTok. And then that'll kind of really uh, set me off. And then I'm like, oh, someone who is merely four years older than me feels that way about me. Like to them, right. I'm like the bratty kid who's yelling and taking off his underwear in the middle of the shopping mall. Hot. Okay, here's here's the thought. Yeah. Being a 45 year old gay man is somehow younger than being a 32 year old gay man. I've never heard anything more intelligent in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> because it's just a different it's time gets twisted a little bit. Yeah. You are you are a baby of a daddy baby. Yes. If you're 45, <laughs> you're a baby daddy. Yeah. Whereas when you're 32, you're the oldest 26 year old on earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, this is, people should be taking notes. <laughs> if you haven't yet turned <laughs> off the podcast in order to go become a, a son, I, you hopefully can use this in your dissertation. It could be huge for the whole um, university and academic community. Yeah. Wait, hold, Charles, chime in. Wait, I can't. I think, yeah. so, I think 40, I think about this every day of my life. I think 40 onward is chic, but okay. 30s, 30s is so stupid. Yeah. Well, there's, there's nothing, nothing. All we're doing is getting ready for our 40s right now. I The mm. idea of being 40 makes me feel so like I, I crave to be 40. Yeah, we do. Because it will finally like what we're what we are right now will finally be like notarized. Yes. When, <laughs> when we're 40. But wow. not just that, like I'm trying to think of like a politically correct way to say this. But like when I look at a 40 year old, I don't care like. A 40-year-old who, like, doesn't dress well even or, or do- doesn't do the things that we are, that we think we're supposed to do, that is hot to me because I'm like, they know who they are. I fully, fully agree. It's like Murray, like Murray Bartlett. From, yes. Well, um, but he's also oh, sure. conventionally attractive. But he's so hot. That's yeah. not he's, fair. He's hot, yeah. Right. <laughs> but that, but that, it's chic to be 50 and hot, but like 32 and hot. It doesn't make sense. Any, it doesn't make sense. Well, 32 yeah, you're, and hot, you're like, stop clinging to your youth. Yes. 
exactly. 32 and hot you're like it's almost it's expected it's sort of like when you're like an a student and you like continue to get a's it's just like well yeah you're supposed to like 32 and hot is like you're supposed to be hot like if actually you're failing if you're not whereas 40 you can sort of tastefully decide what elements of hot you want to bring into your life yeah yeah and person and, and in terms of non-appearance <laughs> if i may wow drag me well I- <laughs> <laughs> as i've quoted on this podcast before one time I may have heard or may have dreamed that Amy Poehler said in an interview that your 20s are about figuring out who you're not, your 30s are about figuring out who you are, and then in your 40s you say, well, here I am. Wow, I love when you quote Amy P on the pod. <laughs> um, should we bring in our guest? Yeah, I think it's time. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, put your Stradiolab ears open for Julianne Moore! Woo! Woo! <laughs> Wait, I'm not Julianne Moore. Did you think I was Julianne Moore this whole time? She just left the Zoom. She left the Zoom. Oh, no, and all our financiers are leaving She says in the Zoom chat, I didn't know this was a gay thing. (laughs) Oh, well, I guess we'll go with our second string. I'm sorry I spoke prematurely. No, 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 no. Give it up for our first alternate, (laughs) Charles Rogers. Charles Rogers. In the grand tradition of this podcast, we won't mention any of his credits, but you know, you can Google him if you want. Yeah, if you're obsessed with, you know, how he performs today, you can Google him. That's pretty (laughs) fair. If you want to pause, Google him, find out like what his clout score is and then decide if you want to proceed. We understand. If you Google me, it just takes you to julianmore.com. That's right. (laughs) Slash slash score. Charles, um, do you have, because your first name and last name are common, do you have SEO problems? <laughs> I do. I really, really do. Um, I am at, on IMDb. I'm the 10th Charles Rogers. Whoa. Uh, really? Which has like, it's in Roman numerals on IMDb. So it's like X. So at least it looks kind of nice. It's Charles like, Rogers sure. X. Madam X. Madam Charles, X. are you Madam X? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but there, was, there was a Charles Rogers who is famous so there's two famous there's three famous charles rogerses one was from the 20s and he was in this movie wings of desire no just wings and babes in toyland and he was the first on-screen kiss with another man in the 20s and then there's a charles rogers that they think killed kennedy and then there was a football player that just died like three years ago and people when he died people were just writing r.i.p on like all of my posts. <laughs> oh no. Like going like going like way back too and just being like RIP, like something from like 2014. <laughs> oh no. Have you ever thought of oh, God, this is so you know what? I'm gonna nip this in the bud. I was gonna ask you if you've ever thought of going by either like some different version of Charles or if you've ever thought of adding your middle initial to diverse to differentiate yourself. I wish it's too late. Yeah, I would say that's true. It's really, I thought about it this morning. I thought about how my parents, like, they just wished me ill will by giving me like a really normal name. Yeah. But you fought through that adversity and look at you now. Well, Sam's name is a character in (laughs) ER. Yeah, which is a curse, an absolute curse. Um, I'll never be number one. It's always going to be Sam Taggart, the, the character from ER. Yeah. And she has like fan pages. People are obsessed with this character. It's it's a rough life. But Chuck Rogers would be like kind of hot. That's very porny. Yeah, it's yeah. very you. It's, um, it's cartoonist. Okay. George is actually my first name. 
we're actually both Georges. That's what G stands for? Mm-hmm. Whoa. What? George yeah. Charles Rogers. So you did change your name. <laughs> My parents changed it. I don't George know Charles Rogers is very oil tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that. For, for some reason, I'd rather be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's better to be oil tycoon than cartoonist any day of the week. <laughs> I agree. I, well, it only, George is triggering because I only get called George. Like, I just, so I'm beating COVID. I'm carrying COVID right now. Um, wow congratulations it's about time this is my exclusive public announcement that i had covid and i had not told the world that until now um but has it only been on close friends yeah it's only been on close friends wow can i tell you something every time i saw you post about it i contemplated just responding and just saying like hope you feel better like i'm so sorry and i just (laughs) i could never I, I like thought about it every single time. And then I was like, oh, I don't want it. Like, I'm sure he's getting a lot of messages. I don't want. And then I just never said anything. You know, how what? does that make you feel? <laughs> I didn't get I didn't. I hardly I, I stopped posting about it because I was like, no one cares. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, like it really triggered my having COVID triggered my only child martyrdom where I was like, oh, yeah, like, sure. People will be at my funeral, but I'll have given them all jobs throughout life <laughs> like that's why they'll all be there <laughs> oh no um yeah i guess i was afraid I to message you because i worried that if i messaged you i'd catch it yeah you can catch it via instagram dm yeah yeah that's that's it's... how i got it <laughs> wait but we interrupted you so you are dealing you are getting over covid you saw you yeah, are yeah. testing negative but you still have symptoms <laughs> I still have symptoms. I have a bad cough. I've been sleeping terribly. Um, I'm tired. It's it's pretty gnarly, actually. But when I so I got um, tested at Newark Airport because um, I yeah because <laughs> they have the best testing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> I feel like I I was in Spain. I got it traveling, and I didn't feel sick until the I tested negative to get on my flight, and then I didn't feel sick until I was on my flight back to. New York and I had a five hour layover at the New York airport and then I was going to go to Texas same day and when I got to New York I was like I feel sick I think I should get tested at the testing facility and you have to go out to like baggage claim to do it and it's all it's just like very like not <laughs> not nice like any aspect of it. <laughs> and when the woman came out she was like George and I was like <laughs> fuck like I, it was just like in like in the way she said george it was just like i'm positive like i, I knew it and like yeah george is the I, name I, of someone who has covid <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah oh no just tell me, tell me when you get it george yeah I, I mean i think both I, I think both of us have like charles and george are both like old-timey like grandfather names but are mm-hmm. now weirdly trendy like i used to hate my name and now i feel so cool having the name george it almost feels like a brooklyn hipster name sure it is i think they're good i I think they're good names i think george and charles are good names sam have thoughts on my name or sam is good too would you ever go by (laughs) samantha Did you I, ever go by, by your full name, Samantha? <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to go by, I thought if I were like a serious, like, you know, really handsome actor type, it would be, I would go by my middle name and my last name and just be Thompson Taggart. Ooh. I, mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's very like a Sex and the City character. 
and I would love that. I mean, it's too late for me. Let's be completely honest. But if you are 24, yeah, you're never going to be on this tight little ass. (laughs) Yeah. Again, once again, if your ass is really, really tight, please do something about it. You can change your name to anything you want right now. So tight. I was, my ass was so tight at 24. (laughs) I have to be honest. If we're talking about literally the hole, my ass is still insanely tight. You have one of the tightest holes. It's problematically tight. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm working on it. How many times have you topped Sam, George? (laughs) Well, I've tried many times, but as I said, (laughs) this hole is literally criminally tight. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, George's hole just won't close. It's for true. My hole is going through its open era. Um, oh, no. I mean, I t- it's crazy that I barely know if my hole was tight in my 20s because I kept topping because of the pressures of masculinity. Wow. Same. I was the same way. But that means that we had super tight holes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. Yeah. Charles, what's your hole status these days? Yeah, Charles, what is the circumference of your hole? <laughs> it's a foot. <laughs> wow. It's a solid foot. It goes from hip bone. It goes from pelvis to pelvis. <laughs> you are one of the few people who doesn't have ass cheeks. It's just a hole. I'll lose my keys and then I'm like, I just got to reach out back. <laughs> right, right, right. Or you'll be walking and then the wind will blow into it and then you actually will take off. Yeah. And my, and my, my belly just expands. And then you have to air it out. I'm imagining you, um, you know, it's a busy city day. You're running through Manhattan. You have bags in all of your hands. And then you pick up a, a foot long Subway sandwich and you're like, what, where am I going to hold this? And it's like, well, I'll just put it in my asshole long ways. Not even the skinny way. <laughs> I get like cavity searched at the airport and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. Like that was a Subway sandwich I totally didn't eat from like two days ago I'm like so yeah you sorry. can throw it out it's old it's fine just reach in there <laughs> oh, wow uh, honey i'm laughing me too um should we do our first segment wow in the goldilocks of holtz perhaps mine is the perfect one <laughs> sam yours is too tight charles you can fit five sandwiches in there <laughs> wow yeah let's do um, our first segment i feel I'm like, wow, I can't believe we're doing our podcast again. I know, it's insane. I just went outside my body and into I'm my like, hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, George, will you describe this segment? I yeah, totally I'll describe. Um, so, Charles, our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and this is where we gauge our guests' familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking them a series of rapid-fire questions where we just say various straight related things and they just have to choose whichever one speaks to the most. And the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions about how the game works. And if you do, we will yell at you. So I will go first. Charles, Phoebe Bridgers or Phoebe from Friends? Phoebe Bridgers. Charles, charcuterie board or water board? Charcuterie board. Charles, ironic misandry or earnest, straightforward misogyny? What's, what's the first word? The misandry, the like one. the hatred of men. Ironic misandry. It's like when people are like, ironic kill misandry. all men. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Or will you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? Will you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? Taking the subway, 
taking the bus or taking some time to heal? <laughs> Actually, I think taking the subway. Mm. Okay, one bird in the hand, two birds in the bush, or 1,000 doves? <laughs> um, one bird in the hand. <laughs> Were okay. those three options or two? <laughs> that was three options, yeah. Okay, being a frat bro, being a film bro, or being broken emotionally by your unsupportive father? Oh, yeah. Those are all the same. <laughs> all the same. Okay, Perfect. all of the above. Um, a MacArthur Grant or Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant and in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Ah. <laughs> also the same. Also um, the same. Genius vibes, genius vibes. Oh, this is so hard. Actually, I'm going to say the um, that movie. Okay. Yeah. That was a wow. great movie. I actually it's really liked it. Was that movie. Fun. We, it, we wanted it to be. We just hadn't seen a movie in years. Oh, interesting. There are actually, that's a really good point. There are a lot of um, products like that that, like, I actually feel, and I say this truly as like a huge Fiona Apple fan and a fan of that album. That album was also like, we just needed an album. Yeah. Totally. Well, I also, mean, that movie, that movie was from 2003 but it came out into like it was a oh, movie totally, it was a, yeah. it was supposed to be a Nicole Hofsinger movie with Julianne Moore literally Julianne Moore right and then she got fired and replaced with Melissa McCarthy I this is not a joke <laughs> there you go Are you Sorry. Sure? I'm like 100% positive Julianne Moore talked about it and watch what happens live <laughs> Well, you should have asked her while you had her on. I know. It's actually crazy. <laughs> I mean, first she gets replaced by Melissa McCarthy. Now she gets replaced by Charles Rogers. I mean, what's next? <laughs> it's the it's like an Animorphs cover with three of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, Sam, I kind of think Charles crushed it and knocked it out of the park. Really? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you got 1,001 doves. Are we I still going to do that rating system? I love yeah, that. Yeah. Until we find a new one. That's for damn sure. I, but I saw George, you winced at like two of my answers. <laughs> no, no, no. I was responding to how hard you were thinking about each one and how seriously you were taking it. Not a lot of our guests can say that. A lot of people think it's a joke. <laughs> do you think Phoebe Bridgers? Do you think that that was right? Phoebe from, do you think Phoebe Bridgers? I, I was thinking that somehow Phoebe Bridgers is actually straighter. Well, yeah, because in the context of Friends, Phoebe is the less, the least straight one. Yeah. Whereas in the context of Boy Genius, Phoebe Bridgers is the most straight one. Mm -hmm. Well, I we... just pulled that out of my ass and it's honestly completely correct. That's actually genius. I, I mean, I don't know if this is the time or the place, but I'm at least going to say it. Can, should we talk about Phoebe Bridgers right now? Yeah, like, I think we have to. Like, I mean, is this like the most d d disappointing guest you could have about in this conversation? <laughs> well, you I do not care know. about Phoebe Bridgers. I don't know. I don't know deep cuts. Like, I just know. Like, I know the existence, and I know. Like, I've heard. Well, yeah. I guess like culturally, I'm sort of starting to get a little <laughs> confused about Phoebe Bridgers' role in like our sure. system. <laughs> I think I just I want to say I'm a huge, huge fan of her music, and and truly think she's a genius, brilliant songwriter and lyricist. And I want to second that. I want to agree with that. I do think I agree that you feel that way. Yes. <laughs> I think her place in the culture is interesting because she knows how to be a cool girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. 
And on the one hand, she's having fun with it. She's starting to be like, oh, I'll be in like comedy videos and sort of like um, transcend my role of like singer songwriter. But on the other hand, it's like, well, hold on. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I want to see you in a comedy video. And in some ways it takes away from the singer songwriter. She also there is this like ironic vibe where it's like she can comment on her own work and be like, LOL, I was really depressed when I wrote that, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, but maybe what I want out of someone who writes these like really deep emotional songs is for them to really play the part and not then be able to like see it it from a remove and be like, LOL, can't believe I said that. (laughs) Yeah, please don't put JK at the end of your album. Like, what if Fiona Apple was tweeting like that feel when and then it was like, you know, posting one of her videos or what? Like, that would take me out of it. And at first I was like, oh, this is fun that she's like sort of like clapping back online. Like I was like, oh, sure. Why not? And now I'm kind of like, but you only get like four of those a year. Like, don't do it like constantly or else Mm -hmm. it loses its luster. Totally. Charles, I'm sorry we brought up this. I'm sorry, Charles. You said you could not participate in and yet we powered through and we pushed you out once more. I should I should know, though. And like all I've been thinking about is like I should have anticipated this conversation. Charles, what if we were like, what is the who is your Phoebe Bridgers? <clears throat> I don't have anybody right now. Really? Oh, I'm, my God. I'm not listening to anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything. I, this is, this is the, well, look, I work hard. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't I, I'm not on a. I'm not on a music train at all right now. Like, and I'm not even on a TV train. I'm not watching anything. I'm watching like um, that in- impeachment and I'm watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and that's all I'm watching. Like I, I'm not, I'm not hooked in right now. Yeah. So I, I have to say music wise, I really am not either. Nothing is inspiring to me. We it all talked feels about the so, it feels, it all reeks of CIA interference. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to agree. I, and we talked about this a little where I can't tell if it's simply depression or if everyone's music is bad. And I'm going to kind of lean towards everyone's music is bad right now mm-hmm. yeah. because nothing's clicking. Nothing's yeah. clicking. Have you seen um, Billie Eilish in those like Disney plus promos for like the concert or whatever that she's doing for. I've seen like previews of like, it's like partially animated or something. There's like an animated her element. That's oh God. Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire called. <laughs> she wants her shtick back. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I guess I've only seen like the promo image, but it's just weird. It's like, it? she's just like an adult in like a ball gown. now. it's just, it's just really interesting how like all female musicians, like, pop stars they go from being like a punk and then they have to be in a ball gown with by the time they hit 18 they have to be like <laughs> like a 1940s ball gown that's like the <laughs> yeah. Old yeah yeah they really rushed her through that she seemed to go yeah. through a speed a speed warp I, I think but they could have let billy be green hair for one more album cycle yeah it's like gaga gaga got into a ball gown at what 20 six yeah like, yeah i think gonna, what's gonna do now she's gonna be in like a, a pantsuit i was about 30. to say yeah yeah that's the only way forward is like for her next album she's literally like in a hillary clinton pantsuit with like giant <laughs> hair and then like train conductor 
yeah. <laughs> train conductor. And then for album number four, she's literally a grandma, like on her deathbed, <laughs> yeah, singing like a ballad about the life she once lived. And she's like 23. <laughs> um, should we introduce our topic? Yeah, let's introduce our topic. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And it has been hinted at, in fact, as a site of disease. <laughs> well, a site of disease testing, at least. And disease. Well, of course, the disease was there, and we can't erase the fact that the disease did, in fact, exist in that airport for a, t- a time. Yes, and the disease testing site was there because of the amount of disease that exists in that location. It's Which, tricky because disease, disease is queer, too. So, like, we're already, like, already, we're moving in a way. Yes, disease is queer. <laughs> Thank you, Susan Sontag. <laughs> wow, say that. Um, okay, so Charles, what's our topic today? The topic is airports. It's something I think a lot of America has visited. Yeah, well, so it's relatable, which is helpful. it is relatable. I would say, if anything, a lot of people in America have visited less than people in other places who are more worldly. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that's right. Americans are provincial. <laughs> We're, we're, we are trying to be more um, regimented in how we ask about the topic. Like, what is it that makes airports straight for you? What makes airports straight for me is a few things. Oh, wait, also, I want to pause for one second. What? George, I don't agree with you that we're trying to be more um, regimented in oh our question asking. God. And the well, fact that you said that as if that's like something we talked about, I think is really ignorant. And you're um, pulling me into something that we I'm literally discussed at with. some point how we want <laughs> this. This conversation happened. <laughs> yeah, it might have happened like before the summer or whatever, but that was a lifetime ago. I'm a different person now. And I love our freewheeling. Uh, oh, method. so you no longer want to make the podcast more regimented. Oh, God, no. Oh, great. So, Charles, let's talk more about Phoebe Bridgers then. Someone you <laughs> oh, know nothing God. about that we made George. you talk about for 10 minutes. <laughs> We're literally I'm, not I'm fighting. We're regimented about not talking about things I don't know about. <laughs> okay, George, I'm sorry. I just didn't, like, we can ask about the topic. I just, like, you know, I just don't want to say like we're I don't want to say it like we're doing like a, a medicine or something. OK, like, how about I ask Charles again and then you interrupt him again right when he starts answering my, my question. <laughs> OK, go for it. OK, Charles, what is what makes airports straight for you? I just want to say that this kind of infighting is why we don't have a gay president. I agree. That's actually true. And I do it a million times over. <laughs> it's important to keep infighting so that no one rises to a position of power and then becomes neoliberal. What if we never talk about the topic? I just think if there was a gay president, that would be distracting for me as a U.S. citizen, because then I would think that potentially I could have sex with him at some point. Well, and we would also be constantly arguing about whether he's a daddy or a baby or a baby daddy or a daddy baby. <laughs> and that is like, uh, that's like not. And then suddenly he presses the nuclear button because he's like having sex against it. Oh, okay. in our lifetime, actually... we will we will have a president whose nudes leak, and that will be so weird. That's true, and that president will be Joe Biden. <laughs> okay, Charles, <That's> what? <laughs> Wait, we actually okay. I'm sorry, I did all that. Um, okay, Charles, I, what's... I do say before we ever discuss the topic? Though, like, <laughs> oh my god! If Pete Buttigieg had won, think about how two faced we would all be. Like we would all like all all us gays would be like trying to get a dinner ticket to the White House and talking so much shit. We would we would have it would have exposed how shitty we are as people. 
Oh my god, it would have been so annoying. It like would've... Twitter would have been like the worst, worse than it already is. We would be doing this podcast from the West Wing right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's kind of cool. Uh... Okay, so airports to me are straight because the people are insane like everyone you see in an airport is insane and you see and you find out what america is and even then that's the america that can afford to be at an airport and they're the craziest people in america and sure sure. also it's fema it's military it's dmv it's um children of men it's oppression yeah (laughs) it's repression and also the horniest you ever are is at an airport and the cruisiest and when you see another gay man even if they're not even your species of gay like it's like so charged (laughs) it it is that's so true that is so true um I didn't ever think about it. Now that you're saying this, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like the reason it's so sexually charged is because it's such a straight space. And so you're like, oh, that's safety right there. Like you are my only hope. (laughs) Yeah. And also you're like, you're trying to understand your space in society, like in a whole new way when you're in an airport and it's like, okay, am I better than everyone? Am I worse than everyone? And then when you like see another gay man or gay person or queer person, I assume everyone feels like that, like seeing them, you're going to get some kind of feedback loop about your worth and being like, so wait, am I hot in a space where there's no other options? Like, am I hot to you? Right, right, right. That's all, that's all you have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think um, the selfishness of airports that you talked about is like a really good, um, that is very straight. It's very like, no, my family comes first. Well, you know, you said like people show their true selves and it's like. Well, um, it's dog eat dog. It's Lord yeah. of the Flies. It is. Yeah. If I see a gay man at an airport, I will either have sex with him in the supply closet or murder him in public on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually what all gay connection is. Yeah. It's like well, it literalizes it. It's like, am I going to fuck you or kill you? That's yes. literally all all we do yeah no and it makes and the airport makes the subtext text like there's no ways around it like you see someone you will either slap them or take them by the hair into the unisex bathroom (laughs) yeah now i'm like have either of you had sex at an airport i have Ooh, dish 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 can you tell it was um it was with my husband. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was our honeymoon. And <laughs> it was our wedding day. Um, we got married uh, at the airport. <laughs> Gate to be. And they said the to be or not to be. To be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, with the flower girl was on the baggage claim. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Instead of everyone walking down the aisle, everyone is just on the baggage claim thing <laughs> going around. Wait, that would be so iconic. Be so funny. <laughs> it's just like circular, like table seating around the baggage claim. <laughs> Wait, don't you, couldn't you see that as like a, a gimmicky straight wedding? Like people are like, well, yeah, we met, we travel so much that the airport's actually home to us. And then they like have a full wedding at 
at gate B. It would absolutely no. go viral. It would go viral. Um, and it will be, and in like, fact, sponsored by Delta. By the Delta variant. Yeah, by the Delta variant. The Charles would be like the runway work. Like everyone would be wearing construction vests, but with like glow sticks instead of like, <laughs> yeah. the, like doing some stupid dance. And then they would play um, that song that's like, can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky are like shooting stars? Wow. There What's you go. That, is that Phoebe Bridgers? It's like, <laughs> it's that girl from Paramore. Haley, Haley Williams? Williams. Um, <laughs> featuring B.O.B. or something? They, or featuring is it the other B. way around? Exactly, Sam. But let's not get carried away. Charles, please <laughs> tell us about when you had sex at an airport. It was just oral sex. I just penetrated the mouth. Um, it wasn't. That's, that's um, Charles? That's sex. That's, that's sex. still sex. It counts. That's the president's sex. Yeah, and um, just because your hole is too big to have the other kind of sex doesn't mean you're a virgin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly it means, honey, the opposite. <laughs> now, Charles, question, <laughs> did you reciprocate the oral sex? No, I, so this was in Rome, in the Rome airport. I, I left, so my friend, one of my best friends, my good friend from college, I, I just demote her. Um, okay, <laughs> this girl in my dorm. <laughs> <laughs> actually i've never met her um, <laughs> um she married the owner of italy and oh. i went to <laughs> whoa lifestyles of the rich and wait famous. a bit on the nose to then have your wedding in rome if you invented italy <laughs> it was so he um <laughs> he invented the formula for italy um so, I'm sorry, what is the formula? Just that it's like... No, no, I'm just, la I'm just laughing. The word oh. invented is funny. Inventing, oh, yeah. a, inventing a restaurant company. Um, <laughs> but he, they got married uh, like Southern Italy. And okay. then I like had to fly through. This is my friend, Bridie Elliott. She's walking through the background. Hi, Bridie. <laughs> and um, as I'm talking about someone giving me head in the bathroom. Um, and... Uh, it was grinder. I had like a bunch of hours to kill at the Rome airport. Um, I was in an open relationship at the time, which I feel like there was something about like my ex staying in Italy and me leaving where I was like, well, I should just squeeze something in. Yeah. <laughs> like the last minute, you know. <laughs> um, and this guy, it was grinder. We met in a stall and he was hot, but he was like a Seattle gay. And he was probably like, mid 40s i would say right and weathered like like parties just parties like always parties that was my vibe that was the vibe i got from them and he gave me head in the bathroom and it was like some weird italian stall where like you could see like only the feet like there was like three inches of space down below and so like i just felt very aware that people like could definitely sense like two pairs of feet um yeah, and then we flew on the same flight, and I was like, "Get out! Like, just count! <laughs> like you're, like you're not supposed to exist anymore." But then, like at one point, I like fully. He walked by me in the aisle of the plane and like made eyes with me and kind of like a "We know what we did," like look or whatever. And it occurred to me that I had been just like sleeping mouth open like the whole flight, and like definitely he had like probably walked by and just seen me looking like. <laughs> like a stupid bitch. <laughs> wow. wow. That sounds terrifying. I'm glad you didn't get in trouble. 
I know um, I was scared because Italy seems crazy. Like it seems like they could have like done something to me. No, Italy, those countries don't actually have police forces. Yeah, they're chill. <laughs> um, I've been I've definitely done like the grinder at the airport to be like, there's gotta be something going on. I feel, hmm. but I've never succeeded. I've like talked to somebody like randomly, which I've was talked maybe to people worse. too, yeah. It, but I mean, it's still I do kind of thrilling. I, once again, you I wish I was be. the type of person who could do. But I, if anything, just the thrill of talking. To, now I sound like a complete virgin, but just the thrill of talking to someone at the airport and being like, "We're twenty feet away." It's hot, and I, I like, like I met, like I met the man and like sat across from him and was like, "Hi," and it was like, "Ooh," but then I was like, "Okay, bye," and um, <laughs> it was uh, wow. thrilling. We're both trying to compete with Charles literally getting head in a bathroom song. Like, yeah, I, I've talked to people. Like, I've definitely, like, gone to the duty-free store and gotten, like, a sample of clone and then I walked around. It's, it's also funny that we're, like, airports are straight. Here's all the ways you can have gay sex in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, but that's, that's what makes that, that. I mean, it's, like, parks are straight. Mm-hmm. And yet that's- they're full of people having sex. Parks yeah. are actually queer, I think. They're they're a radical community, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing because parks can mean a few things. Like parks can mean like if you go to Madison Square Park, um, the Shake Shack Park, like <laughs> there's a, there's like a, a plaque that says like Chelsea Clinton is the president of this park. And, <laughs> like, like that's that's straight. It's like, true. That- Some parks have a Shake Shack and are also um ruled by Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> Whereas other parks are just full of people um, gaping. Actually, I don't even know. Maybe that's very queer. A Shake Shack park with Chelsea Clinton is... That's drag. It's drag. It's, drag. it's camp. That's it's like been... a challenge. That's a, that's a drag race challenge. Is like, we've partnered with the park run by Chelsea Clinton with a Shake Shack. And we want you to remake the Shake Shack uniforms and make them more for pride. <laughs> It's straight yeah. drag. It's like it's the it's drag. like it's uh, the high school jock dressing up like um like a cheerleader. Oh yes. yeah. I have a wow. question. Are you each of you people who dresses in any particular way for the airport? Mm-hmm. How do you dress, Charles? I I want to dress like I'm famous, but don't worry about it. Th- that's exactly that's the correct way to dress. Genius. And the yeah. way to do that is to basically wear sweatpants, but expensive sunglasses. Yeah, and maybe even a hat too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I kind of like buoy it up a little bit for the airport, but in a way that's still like, I'm I'm gay. <laughs> Charles, your airport look is screaming, boy, but gay. Boy, but gay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I always like to look like, um, like an old photo of someone traveling. Like my, <laughs> my dream is like to be like, like not old, like black and white. Halloween <laughs> no, not, not that old. I mean, more like someone in the nineties or eighties. Who's like traveling, like in their post-college life. Like I love to wear like a faded jean and like an old shirt and be like, look at me, like timeless. Yeah. Last time I was at the airport, I was wearing maybe like jeans and a white t-shirt or something simple. And I was in line to go to Greece and there were, the line was maybe like 10 people long. Of those 10 people, I swear to God, there were two 
fat gay fashion couples in just within those 10 people, including one couple where both men in it were wearing matching Tom Brown looks head to toe, including hats. And <laughs> like, there's nothing like, like I, I, I understand everyone has a different life, but there is, I, I do think there should be like, there is an unwritten contract that like, everyone's kind of doing a, a bit of a, it, it's that like, you're not supposed to look dressed up at the airport. Everyone can do their own version of celebrity on vacation, but like you shouldn't be in head to toe Tom Brown. And it made me, I was, and then they were having, they were like really gabbing with the woman checking the passports. And I already knew like, I'm going to get there and she's not going to think I'm the pool gay. No, I feel like they, they're like trying too hard. I feel like you're definitely the cool gay. They're like desperate gays that like, yeah, maybe they're, maybe she's laughing with them, but it's because she feels bad for them because they tried too hard. Don't you feel like people who like dress that hard at the airport though? It's like, wait, do you not do, is this the only time you've seen other people? Like, (laughs) right. Like, are you ever doing anything? I mean, I'm surely they are if they're like have access to Tom Brown clothes. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. Here's what here's the thing is I used to feel I used to be like if you dress up at an airport that's so desperate like what like you clearly have some sort of um severe mental illness. And then I thought what if it's the opposite? It's that it is people who just like by default always look so good. So they're like, yeah, the airport's just another day in my life. It's not a different thing. I'm not going to like dress down just because I have to be on a plane. And that is even more scary to me where I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you're just wearing Tom Brown. It's because it's because travel is triggering. Like we are really triggered, like the illusion of travel. Like there was some, um, I, when I got on the Spain flight, there was like a, uh, like one of those little like ads that play before, like on your screen on the on the flight. And it was like for like MasterCard or Delta or something. And it was like, the slogan was like, travel makes you whole again. I think it was like, travel makes you whole again. And yeah, like, okay. there's just a part of me that's like, damn, it's true. Like, no, like, it's like the one, like it's the one religion. I'm like, ah, that's the ultimate, travel is ultimately a true religion. Um, yes. There's something very triggering about travel where we actually, think it means so much more than it does. (laughs) Well, also the idea that you are, and I I really like, I really romanticize travel and and very much wish I could be traveling all the time. However, the idea that like, it makes you more worldly and therefore more somehow like progressive or interesting, just the data is there that is not true. Some of the dumbest and most simple people I know travel the most. Well, the smartest people are the worst people in the world, too. Or the people who consider themselves to be the smartest. That's right. That's right. Have the stupidest points of view. There was this time I was in um, Paris. And uh, (laughs) 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 um, you'll go. Don't worry. Um, And I was at Shakespeare and Company Books, which is like now just like a tourist trap, basically. And I was like 18 or 19 or it was like college time. And Walt Whitman's grandnephew or nephew or something owned it and I this is all about my pay grade like I don't know anything like in my mind he wrote like on Golden Pond I don't know what Walt Whitman did but like he like George Whitman another George Mm. was like the owner of Shakespeare and Company and like all of a sudden this girl also like expats are stupid oh one of the worst things you can be as an expat they're the worst like I think in my mind that's like what you're talking about and they're also 
expats are, and I'm gonna probably get, if you have um, a Reddit, like people will probably get mad at me for saying this, but we don't I think have a Reddit. Ex expats are, okay, good. <laughs> They're always ugly. Like ex expats are never attractive people. Um, and but they're all they're the horniest people um and so anyway this girl like comes down and she's like George is having a tea if anyone wants to come upstairs and have a tea we're doing tea <laughs> and like every it was just like suddenly the 12 people that were in the bookstore were like George Whitman is having a tea and like I got sucked up into this thing and like uh, like a hobbit like like top floor and people were just serving tea and he was shirtless and he was just like so gross and like ratty and like 95, which is noble to be that old, but like also like he, I, I don't know, there's something kind of gross and narcissistic about him. And like everyone went around the table and shared like an anecdote from their life. And this woman was like a teacher at like UC Berkeley who sat next to me and she was like, I think it's very important to ride a bicycle. Um, and just like that, like, it, like in my mind, that's like travel, travel people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's like expat. There's that kind of like um, I don't know the Paris like people or like people who live in Berlin like that 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 kind of expat culture. And then there's the like dirty backpacker culture, which yeah. is its own problem. Which I'm still brainwashed by. Like in my mind, I'm still like, and that's what I should be doing. I know. Really? I know. No, I feel the same way. The one time I was like in the peak of Iceland being cool before it was passe, I went to Iceland by myself and I was I stayed in a hostel and it was like all backpackers. And I was like, oh, they figured it out. Wow, I've never had this fantasy. What are your parents like, Sam? <laughs> Sam, what kind of trauma made you not want to travel to Iceland? <laughs> I just, the backpacking thing is, maybe it's like, were you I church to say like, what? Were you Church of Christ? <laughs> <laughs> No, the the my my dislike of or my distrust of backpacking culture is um, maybe based in some sort of internalized republicanism or something, but it it's always been like, well, that's not real. Like that's not how a that's not a person's life. They're they're doing that for what a month, and then they're they're gonna come crawling back and get a job in sales or whatever. <laughs> crawling back. <laughs> Yeah, it's also yeah. always like the richest kids that wanted to do that and like got to do that. And it was always like, fuck you. You get to like look poor for a year and it's so annoying. I mean, something <laughs> dark about me is that as I get older, I more romanticize being with the shirtless 95 year old in the bookstore rather than backpacking in Iceland. Like that actually sounds so nice to me to quit everything and then be in Paris and be part of a community of a bookstore. <laughs> It's just hard because like all the magic you feel when you're younger about the world, like the older you get, the more you're just like, oh, it's just like, it's just personality disorders. Like yeah. that's all, like any source of magic is because somebody had a personality disorder. And like, that's what, that's like what the glamor of travel is. It's just narcissism. And it's, it's the, the same idea for like, it's the same for the artistic, like, it is the same for people who romanticize like artistic types, like that is its own personality disorder. And it's exactly the same for people who are like Republicans and romanticize like businessmen and CEOs. It's just two different kinds of personality disorders. Yeah. Um, and also speaking of romanticizing things in a misguided way, like as much as it is so nice to get to know other cultures, <laughs> you slowly do realize that all people have such similar flaws. Yeah. Yeah. And that literally every place in the world is looks exactly the same. 
<laughs> like, like I was in Barcelona like two or three weeks ago and I was playing a game. I went with my two best friends from high school and we just started playing a game of being like, where else could this be? And we would just be like Melbourne. And it was like, yeah. And then it was like, okay, Pittsburgh. And it was like, actually, yeah. Like, and it just, it just like, you just start to be like, actually, only America looks like America. And then everything, I mean, the West and the East have like a different like road sign culture, you know, like it's just about road signs ultimately. And like how big they are. I don't know if I completely and, agree with this theory. I know this is a, this is a real oh, stretch. That's true. Only America has these like big green road signs. And like, and then the rest of the world, like road signs are like a little smaller. They're like a little bit more like shape conscious. Like right. No, I, I definitely agree there. I guess where I'm where I'm hitting a wall is extrapolating much else from just the road signs. <laughs> Wait, extrapolating what? <laughs> like, what? why are road signs your North Star here? Like, okay, so road signs are different, but other things can also be different. But, but that's just, like, the the aesthetic. The aesthetic says it all. I mean, come on. We all got degrees in marketing. That's, <laughs> that's right. True. We do all have degrees in marketing. And I, my grad school was in road sign design. So <laughs> <laughs> I know this stuff like the back of my hand. But I think, like, honestly, if anything, the difference between America and other places is just the lack of history. Like, I think that's why American people fetishize travel so much, because they just like, like the idea of being somewhere where the culture isn't 200 years old. Yeah. Right. And that I think you can get from basically anywhere. Like, you can go to, like, Japan or Paris, and that it, what an American looks for is that, is just being somewhere that feels like it has a sense of history. More so than the specifics. Yeah. What do you think? You you look um, unconvinced. No, I'm just. I feel like I had like a strong point earlier, but then I feel like we took so many turns that I don't think it's even worth holding on to anymore. No, no, no. hold on to it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to reconcile like I like my my urge to support you versus like the selfishness of like trying to remember my point. Well, your hmm. point was that road signs are different in America. <laughs> No, that was a huge point and notoriously true. Um, it's true. No, I <laughs> like that. I, I, I guess it's funny because I was so with you and I was like, yes, everyone is the same. It is a misguided impulse to want to like find something different. And then something within me, maybe some uh, nucleus of idealism was like, wait a minute. I do want to go to Paris and be in the bookstore. Yeah, I was trying to agree with you. I was trying to find my way in, but I couldn't help but feel that at my core, I, I didn't quite either understand the point or agree with the point. <laughs> <laughs> I think my point, my point was just that like only America looks like America. And then every other country has smaller roads tighter everything's like a little tighter like everywhere else like literally everywhere else like only america just has big ass lots with and you can just take big turns on the road like everywhere else is like a tight little squeeze like everywhere else it's, okay. once well, again it's true. so interesting how you're you're focusing on road road life as like the, the nucleus of culture i'm hearing you and i'm understanding your like words. i do agree <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I just don't get like what the point is like like it's just that like <laughs> it looks different and that's we like think too much about that 
Please don't understand why you can't go all the way to like the existential. I can go here. Let me try. So I, 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 I think I can. Why are you just like staying surface? No, no, you're right. You're right. And actually, one of the worst things you can accuse us of is not going existential. No, right. here's what That's I'll a say. Good note. Maybe psychoanalytically, Americans are so used to this expanse of space, and they actually mm-hmm. want to be domed by a, a, a tiny road. Like they want to feel claustrophobic for once. Right. Again, it's all about the roads and needless to say the road signs. Like if America is all about, you know, and I'm not going into whether this is true or not, but like in the American imagination, it's all about freedom, personal freedom, whatever. They actually Mm. want to feel more contained because the overwhelming freedom of America is too much for them. Right. I'm focused on something else. The roads. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the signs of course Just the roads and the signs i'm saying i think that i think what i'm actually trying i'm gonna be completely honest with you guys i think what i'm actually trying to get at is that i think that america americans assume that america is the default like obviously and but when and when in fact it's the exception that's what i'm that's what oh a hundred percent oh sure this sure. is like i mean don't act like it's such a small point of view <laughs> No, no, I, I completely No, that's agree. childish. That's obviously- I mean, just, <laughs> and, you know, Charles, as someone who went to high school outside of America, maybe I could that. relate because for me, America is not the default. I, well, listen, I grew up in Mexico, honey. Did you? Um, yeah, I grew up in Acapulco, Mexico and on the border of Texas and Mexico. Wow, Sam, how does it feel to be the only American in this Zoom? Um, it's such an honor to be part of such a multinational podcast. I love our global scale and I'm so happy to provide the only real American perspective. I can't, I can't, because I was, I'm a third culture, we're third culture kids. We both that's are, what, there that's was, right. Have you, did you ever read that BuzzFeed article? It was like a two. I mean, I've read many things. There's nothing that, like, there's something, I have a little allergic reaction to the term third culture kid because to me it like, it it's about this like very, specific type of like rich kid I went to college with that's like randomly going on private jets every weekend but doesn't tell anyone about it and like I do think I'm I guess I fit the definition in that I moved back and forth and I spent some time in other countries when I was younger but like I feel very rooted in Greece because like both my parents are from there and that was my it's like a very clear-cut thing it's just then I spend a lot of time here so I feel like I'm but like I to me third culture kid is like your dad is secretly a billionaire and you grew up in Brussels and then also then um, spent some time in Argentina and then went to college at like Northeastern. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. It's like, yeah, it's that. It's like you grew up in Hong Kong, but then went to boarding school in Switzerland. Exactly. Like, <clears throat> you're actually a horrible person. Um, I'm now realizing like, we're not, we're not I- I'm now realizing that then airports have even more weight for you because you probably associate them with your childhood. I do because my mom is also a flight attendant um, and she's been a flight attendant since 1968. So that's it. Like I do. And I also have this, you know what, this is actually too pathologized. And I just got this tattoo where it's a plane. Um, oh my goodness. Oh my God. You are really bearing the lead. I know. I never you think are about how a son of really airport culture and, Wow. Yeah. No. Wow. I, hide my, I don't know why I hide myself so unconsciously like that. <laughs> this is literally the first conversation I've had, uh, like, on the other side of quarantine. 
<laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm being like, the weirdest person. Myself. You're not being the weirdest person. I no, actually you... think it's so interesting that you that we got to the root of this together collaboratively. <laughs> it's all yeah. mommy issues. We got. There. It's all mommy issues. My mom's pretty like she lo- like she's she's a fag hag at heart. If we even say that word anymore, I think we still do actually. I'm randomly. actually offended on behalf of your mom. Got <laughs> 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 my mom. She's just a dumbass fucking. <laughs> no, Charles. She loves you because you're her son. No. Yeah, not because you're gay. <laughs> I slowly reveal I'm straight (laughs) at heart. (laughs) That would be a sleigh. This would be written up in Vulture in a heartbeat if you wanted to go ahead and come out as straight. (laughs) I do love the idea that you picked airports because you're trying to work through your feelings about your mom being a flight attendant. (laughs) I think that's probably true in some way. I mean, I've always liked that my mom's a flight attendant. She, but it's a very in my mom, in my mom, (laughs) in my mom. Oops, Freudian slip once again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my own mind my mind that's only mine not my mom's mind um she she I don't know she it's a very glamour like she was a go-go dancer like they they like would lease her out <laughs> to be a go-go dancer oh my god she iconic she wow. said she was on acid for years Whoa. Um, <clears throat> like while being a flight attendant yeah maybe I shouldn't say that though honey it was the um, 60s who cares no we'll bleep it out We'll bleep out. <laughs> we'll bleep out the second we'll, half of this episode. We'll bleep out the three the three key words. <laughs> we'll bleep out the word acid, and we'll just say she was on bleep, and let people fill in their own sort of substance. It's something much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let their imaginations run wild. Um, wait, randomly, I think we should do our final segment. I know. I agree. And you know what else is even more random? I don't know what I'm going to say for it. Oh, I actually do have one, and I know it's like a little bit trite for um, our own podcast, but I think it's an important, as our first uh, true recording back, I think it's um, relevant. Okay. Um, So Charles, our final segment is called Shoutouts in the Grand Tradition of Straight Culture. We give sort of a radio style shout out um, to anything that we like, roughly. Um, And I'll go first. Um, what's up, freaks and losers? I just want to give a quick, maybe trite, a probably predictable shout out to the 1000 Doves remix on the oh Dawn of Chromatica. God. George is rolling his eyes. Charles is thinking less of me right now. But I just want to say that it really hit me hard. And it's kind of funny. It seems like she's playing with herself and she is laughing and being like, I know this song is stupid. It just repeats the same line over and over, which you know I love. And it has a funny little synth solo i know i was talking about how music does not hit me but unfortunately um the 1000 dubs remix is the best song i've ever heard in my entire life put it in the moma Woo! Woo! all right i'll i'm gonna just wing it um what's like up freaks and losers and the words of my co-host sam taggart i want to give a quick shout out to diet coke that's right i've recently discovered diet coke in 2021 something i hadn't had in many decades because i thought it was bad for you because it is the color brown but i've recently decided that it's actually probably good for you and i would rather have that than alcohol sometimes because 
in my current conception of the world, that's better. And also, guess what else? I've been going to movie theaters recently after a punishing two years of quarantine, and there is nothing better than a refreshing, approximately 600-gallon cup of Diet Coke that I can drink and go to the bathroom three times in the span of the film The Card Counter from Paul Schrader. And so there is nothing I can recommend more than going out there, being yourself, and buying a 15-pack of Diet Coke and having it all in the span of one day and a half. Woo! Woo! All right. <clears throat> oh my God, I don't even have a good one. Um, we should okay. have warned you. It's, it's we're, we're rusty. Um, What's up, freaks and losers? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is Charles Rogers just saying, I want to give a huge shout out to quarantining in hotels, but not um, but not telling them that's what you're doing. Um, it was, <laughs> I gotta say, the staff of the White Hotel that really wondered why. I was like, just leave it at the door and um, just slipping money under the door. And let me tell you, I the CDC wanted me to quarantine at uh, the Newark Airport Hotel, and I just could not do that because that was free, and I just I couldn't handle the idea of being at the So I said, um, no, I really want to be at the wife. And they're like, that's not free. And I lied to the CDC and said that I had a gift card. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. This is so relatable Woo! and iconic. I know. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I couldn't. No, I think that's great. I think I we think need... of anything other than my own life in the last 10 days. Yeah. No, I we love should that. all be lying. And a shout bit out more. to the staff of the wife Hotel. I'm sure they're. They're um, fairly compensated for all getting COVID. I, I, I was very, I was very good. I'll say that. But it just was so obvious. They kept being like, housekeeping? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did the right thing then. I mean, you didn't yeah. put anyone's life at risk. If anything, you're the hero. Yeah. I they should put that. your picture on the wall there. They should rename it the Charles Rogers Hotel. The G the Charles George Rogers. Charles Rogers Hotel. <laughs> um, well, wow. Charles, if I can speak out of turn, I just want to say this was delightful. Yeah, I want to Thank second what George said and say thanks for doing the podcast. Thank you. I hope I was a good enough guest. My brain you were really great. If anything, brain. I'm like, I actually have so many more thoughts on the revelations we had in the last like 10 minutes of our airport conversation. And I wish we could be on the call for another like hour. I think there's so much, I feel like there's so much of airports we didn't even get to. I know. Um, you know what, though, that's like two in the spirit soon. of, I feel like that's in the spirit of airports in that you're only there for a small amount of time and then you <laughs> yeah. um, get on a plane. That's true. And you can go you, you, wherever you, you want. You got to do more of this soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, from all of us here at Stradio Lab, have a safe flight. <laughs>